Before we get going this week, I thought I'd just remind you that I'm a certified business strategist who's been in property for over 25 years. I know my clients shortcut their success by being laser focused through strategy and mentoring, as no one business model fits us all because funding, geography, skill set, it all plays a part in deciding what works for you. Getting it wrong can definitely damage your wealth. If you're serious about property, then your first step is a call with me. Nothing more difficult than following the link in the show notes to book it. This is the Property Solopreneur podcast and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, welcome to another chat about property from a property solopreneur's perspective. And today we're talking about finding your own tribe. And for those of you who've not been in property long, you're going, no, 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 this is a bricks and mortar business. Uh, no, it's not. It's a people business. Because you think about it logically, you need people to buy from, people to sell to, people to help you who are fellow property professionals, and then just those lovely people who work in property that you can hang out with and have fun with. So yeah, it is a property business. And before you go much further, if you're a property solopreneur, you're going to know that this is going to take time. So you've got to think strategically about how you're going to use that time and what results you want. So go straight back to your Bible, which is your plan, your year plan, and go, well, what are my numbers? And that's going to tell you everything you need to know about finding your tribe. Sounds weird, but it works. So what you're really saying is, how many people do I need to find? Because actually you're going to find far more than you need, but you just need to know roughly what you're looking for. And of course, like so much of property, the answer is that depends. What are your numbers and what's it for? So I've never had more than 10 active investors at once. And by active, I mean ready to pay me money when I show them the deal. Now, that's great, which means I don't, I, I mean, because I knew that I could only deal with selling or sourcing, selling a deal, so many renovations and so much time spent on investors every single month because I didn't want to grow so much that I wasn't in control. I liked the size of business that I had and that's what I wanted to continue. So I knew that at any one time I wanted 10 people ready to work with me. And that meant that if we start in January, by the end of January, I've probably lost four or five of those. So I just need a few more coming online behind. And I also knew the months when I wasn't going to be sourcing because I had holiday or I wanted to quieten down my business. Other people I knew that would have been you know, something they could do blindfold. No, they had 100 active investors in their groups. Up to you. It depends entirely what you want to do. But what it does mean is that if you've decided a number, you've then got to make sure you've got the time to follow through and make sure that your time spent at the networking, wherever it is, is not wasted because you can't follow up. So 
The next question I always, always get asked on either mentoring days or accountability days is, well, this is all very well for you because you've been in it a long time, but where do I find these people? And the answer is all over the place, just about everywhere you can possibly imagine. Now, why do I say that? Because everybody automatically thinks about the property investor world. As I said, you know, I ran Bucks with a co-host and we had an absolute blast for nearly 10 years. I met all sorts of people through it. I met speakers, which allowed me to reciprocate. I met lots of people I could JV with or borrow money off. It was fun. But actually, outside the property world, nobody knows these meetings exist. So there's a whole strata of people who are not going to property meetings. So depending on whether you want the small investors, we're still talking people who can lend you money at this point, because that's actually what most people are looking for. If you wanted small amounts of money, you will find them at, at property meets because they're all dabbling in and, and sticking their toes in. Occasionally, you get a really good big one, but generally, it tends to be quite small. And you want to stay small until you're practiced at it. But outside places also attract property investors, but that's not what they call themselves. So one of my really fun places to find people was we had a super solicitor near Salisbury who was very, very keen on property himself. And he set up a business breakfast club. And people who went along there were people in business who understood investing. That's actually a really key point. But they understood investing and some of them were retired doctors, some of them still were working in whatever field they were in. And they weren't, to their mind, property people. They just happened to have a few buy-to-lets which were adding on to their pension. So they were always interested in hearing about what we were all up to in the property world and buying our deals or asking us to do them up and to put them into a rental company. So you can find them almost anywhere. And I think one of the great things is that you're probably already going to the places that people are investing, will be your investors, but you just don't know and you're not asking because you may go to Chambers of Commerce meetings or you may go to Probus or Rotary Club, Sports Club. How many of you play golf? How many of you play tennis? Now, it's not going to be that every single person you play sport with or you go to a meeting with is going to be your bestest friend in property and lend you lots of money. They're probably not. But if they know what you do, they'll be talking about you to somebody else. And nine times out of 10, that is how you find people through osmosis because everyone's happy with what you're doing. And if you think, Rachel, this still sounds really unbelievable, just look at what the big companies do. And by big companies, I mean the ones who are not involved in property, but they all network. So where would our sporting events be without these big corporate hospitality boxes? Wimbledon, Formula One, the theatre, golf, racing. I've spent many a day on a race course, courtesy of a company that I work with. Fantastic. It's understood that this is part payback, thank you very much, and part don't forget you want to work with us again. Well, I'm quite happy with that. I can do it. And in these really big companies, they view this as so important that they actually have somebody perhaps on board level whose job it is, is to do this corporate hospitality. And it's called finding new clients. Doesn't sound so bad when they say it, does it? Well, how do I get into this field? Well, you've got two options. The first is to join in and never refuse any invitations until you've worked out whether or not that group is worth talking to. And I was talking to someone the other day about this, and they said, well, they have a rule of thumb where they join a new group and they give it six meetings. 
And if the six meetings have gone by and no one's biting and no one's very interested, they move on. Even if it's an interesting group they quite like, they're not there to be quite liked. They're there to get business. So they will move on. And likewise, if it's a group that's been really productive and great for them, but no new blood has come in, then after a year, they will move on as well. Because you've got to spread your net beautifully wide. Look in the local paper. If you do have one, I've always found them extremely useful because local businesses have evenings and days when they get together and discuss things or have a speaker. Again, go along. Um, you'll learn something about something else and you'll probably be able to have a quick chat with someone. See if you can speak at some of these events. I remember going to see, I wanted some trusts and some wills done. And I went in the back of the paper, there was a, an investment for an evening where three people were going to speak. Couldn't remember off the top of my head who the other two were, but it was the person I wanted to hear talk about wills. So I went along, expecting not a lot. And there was a property person there who I'd never heard of talking about how he does his developments on the South Coast and how all of us could join in and fund him and JV. Now, this was completely new to me at this point. I, now, that must be 20 years ago. I'm still meeting that man regularly at meetings all over the place. He's got a fantastic company funded completely by non-property people who know, have no idea that the property world even exists. The only interaction they have with property is him at the front of the room going, I've created this kind of flat and that kind of flat and I'm going to build this out. You know, it's all very exciting. Would you like a bit of the action? And they're all going, I'm a retired vet, whatever. Yes, please. So don't turn anything down. If you haven't anything that you can go to, why don't you set something up yourself? So as I said, I had the bucks, but I also used to attend something called the Stoke Curry Evening, set up by somebody completely different. And it was, well, Stoke Pin was on, I think, the second Wednesday of the month. So this would be on the fourth Wednesday of the month or whatever. And we basically met in a very popular curry house and you never knew who was going to turn up. And it was just chit chat and it could be anyone there. And it was really, really worthwhile. Got a lot of fun out of that and a lot of business. Some of you now will be thinking, oh, that uh, no, that doesn't sound like me at all. You know, I'm a quiet person. I find all this kind of stuff really way out of my comfort zone. Can't do that. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to put on your girl, you know, the big girly pants and go for it because you've got to meet people. You've got to get in front of people. But it doesn't mean to say that you've got to be a performing clown or be the centre of attention. There are ways around it. If you are an introvert, and you'll be amazed at the number of people in property who are, then work out in advance your strategy. So I have a very, very introverted friend who is always first through the doors, chooses his seat, puts his bag there, cards in pocket, pen ready to go. And as people come through the door, he's there. He's spoken, he's got their card, he's given them his he can then sit down when that room fills up. He's not had to move. He's not had to open any conversations, but he's got what he wants. And in whilst the meeting's going on, he can start sending texts going, hi, it's lovely to meet you and all the rest of it. Others whiz in at the last minute, you know, hair blowing in the wind, all very jolly. Hi, lots of waving, you know, just get my coffee, all the rest of it. And they will work the room. They're happy to be the life and soul of the party. Know which one you are. Don't want to be, don't try and be something you're not. And don't forget, people will respond to you in different ways. So if they want, if they like, and they feel comfortable with an introvert, they're not going to be going and chatting to the extrovert because that's just not going to make them feel good. 
Now, I had a technique because I really didn't like the whole, I know, I've heard it said so many times, what do I say at these meetings? And the thing that I hate most of all is, how can I help you? Because most times somebody saying that to me has only just started. So how on earth they think that I'm going to reciprocate with a, an interesting and a worthwhile answer, I don't know. So I, from very early on, reckoned that I didn't want to be asked any questions that I couldn't find answer really easily. And I was a bit worried about that. But once I found this technique work, I never changed it. And what I did was that I would spot the extrovert in the room. And they're very easy to spot, usually quite, you know, gregarious, lots of hand waving, as I say, smiling, everyone's buying them drinks, it's all going on. And they usually have a cluster of people all around them who are hanging on every word and listening and asking the odd question. Now, they can't all be kept interested at all times because they're hoping to ask a question. So I would zoom in on them and work my way around this little group and just talk quietly to one person and then on to the next. And I would give a card and they would give a card and on I'd go. And I would get the number of cards that I needed. Now, some people will tell you, you've got to get every card from that room. Well, yeah, if you've got the backup to do it, do it. But I didn't. I'm, I'm a solopreneur. And I knew that I only had time the next day to ring back five people I'd never met before. So that's what I was looking for. And I would have, at the most, 10, 15 cards. And I would send them to the VA the next day and they'd come up on the CRM system. And in my diary, and this was an absolutely vital thing, in my diary the next day, there were a couple of hours put aside for me to ring people back. And you'd be amazed. Well, it's easy. Either they don't pick up, in which case you leave an answer. And if they do pick up, they're really pleased that you've made contact because you made contact last night and you said you were going to do this and you're now doing it. And it's just, you know, it's just the number one thing. I do what I say. So whatever you are going to do with me in the future, and if I say I'm going to do it, I will do it. And you have a chit chat and you can ask some of the questions. You know, I fully agree with all the questions about, you know, when do you want to do it? What's your pot and all the rest of it. But you were then putting into place when perhaps you can have a Zoom meeting, which is when you do your index. Because there's only touch point two for most people. And we all know it takes a lot more than that to get people to feel comfortable with you. Those of us who were working before the pandemic and coming back out now, this was the ideal opportunity to make sure they didn't get away. You'd say, when can I meet you for a coffee? And again, strategic. In my diary, I have set days for coffees. So I had the coffee shop and I'd be there from nine and every three quarters of an hour, another person would come in through the door and wave at me. And, you know, yes, I, I had to change from coffee to tea to some sort of herbal mix by the end of the day where I'd been so high on caffeine, it was unreal. But I used my time really, really effectively. And that's what the fun thing of all about it is. It's just finding these people to work with. And it's hard work when you're trying to bring in a lot of new people. But if you are successful, that one person will come back to you again and again. So do you remember I said I work with 10 people? Well, yes, I did. But a lot of them were repeat customers. So number one became number 20 and then became number 30 as I went through the cycle. And that was fun. And the other thing that I think that many people miss a trick in is that you think, oh, I can't talk work. And no, you don't want to. You're absolutely right. You do not want to be the bore who does nothing but talk about what they do. In property circles, we all talk to each other about property all day. That's great. But in the real world, people talk about other things. I know it's shocking, shocking, but they do. So you've just got to throw into the mix the odd little sort of ball of excitement that people can run with. And I always tell the story that I went to a ladies' dinner night. It sounds grim, doesn't it? 
And I, anyway, I didn't want to go, but it was a favour, so off I went. And I sat next to Hurrah, quite an interesting woman, who did something terribly fascinating, and I'm afraid I can't remember what it was. And, you know, I heard all about it at length, what she was doing. And, uh, you know, she said, do, do you work? And I said, yes, I do. It has to be said, in our circle at that time, doing anything was quite different. Normally, you know, we were army wives, so we were moving all the time, and that prevented us. But yes, yes, I did work. Oh, what do you do? And I just sort of, I had, I had a, a paragraph that had been well put together that I could just sort of lob in the general direction and hope nothing really would come of it. Anyway, I lobbed it and a few questions came back and all very interesting, but it always sounds a bit sort of negative, quite frankly, you know, because they don't understand what you're doing. And I left it at that. And the next day the phone rang and this male voice said, "Um, hello, uh, this is who I am. I believe you sat next to my wife at dinner last night. Ah, yes. Could we meet this afternoon for coffee? Yes. So I trundle along. Now, I never know what people are going to talk to me about when I go to meet them for coffee, but I know what I want to talk to them about. So I had an iPad and it's got lots of pictures, you know, before and after, roughly how I work with people, what my systems are, that kind of thing. And um, we sat down and he was one of those really efficient together people. And he said, you know, I understand you do. And basically parroted back to me what my pitch sort of been. Yes, I said, uh, oh, you might want to have a look at these because it's much easier to see. So I got my iPad out. We did a bit few flick throughs, you know, lots of, oh, oh, gosh, look at that kind of conversations because a wreck to something lovely always gets people interested. Why, you know, and he literally then said, normally follow through, you know, can we meet again? He went, look, straight away, I've got a pool of money that I'm sitting on. I have been looking for something like this. Now, he'd already done, I didn't know this, but he'd already done a lot of due diligence on me because it was easy to find me because we were in the system. So he knew who I was and all the rest of it. And he said, now, the only thing I'm unhappy about is that I don't know where you invest. Stoke on Trent, never been there. It's the middle, you know, heaven only knows what goes on there. So straight away, I said, well, what days are you free? So funnily enough, that Saturday, up he went. Now, but he came up to meet me in Stoke-on-Trent. He had told me that there was 200 grand and it was sitting technically waiting to go into my bank account that night if he liked what he saw in Stoke-on-Trent. So up he came. And yes, he did like what I saw and what he saw. And he signed the deals and the money came over to me. That was possibly the easiest 200,000 investment I've ever made. But it's not impossible. And there are stories like this that go all around the community. And it's purely because you're relaxed. You're not looking for it. You've not got stamped on your head, apply here. It's, this is what I do. Ask me more questions. And if you like me, we can probably have a further conversation. And it's nothing more difficult than that. But what do they want from me? Well, they want to make sure that they get regular newsletters, brochures, and they're okay. But the biggest thing is investor days and the chance to see a real building in progress, because these people never see buildings. It's outside their comfort zone. So as soon as I get the keys, I've got a rotation of people coming through so they can see it in all states. And if I haven't got an open site, I'll take them on a, a visit of wherever I'm working in Stoke. I had a set agenda. I did that building. Here is the deal sheet. This is what it finished and looked like. We can walk around the outside. And they could get a flavour of what and how I worked. And that's what you're doing. And do you know, before long, you suddenly realise you've got a tribe. It's all there. It's all working. And that's what we all need to make sure that we can continue to work. So if you haven't got your tribe yet, go back to the beginning of this episode and work out what you need and how many you need to find and then work out where you're going to find them. 
And then all you've got to do is go and do it. And you will have the tribe you need to be a very successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist. If you found my stories inspiring and my content useful, then come find out more about my mentoring and strategy sessions by going to www.racheltroughton.com and book a discovery call with me. The banner link is on every page. Come and create and grow your own property business. That's the shortcut to success.